Welcome to SciSection. My name is Amy Stewart, and I'm the journalist for the SciSection radio show broadcasted on CFMU 92.3 FM radio station. We are here today with Dr. Teo Versteeg, a physiotherapist educated at Western University and the Chief Technology Officer at Topspin Technologies. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. To get us started, tell us a bit about your educational and professional background. Uh, sure. So I started with, um, uh, I actually ended up doing all my degrees at Western, which I know uh, in academia circles is generally frowned upon, but uh, I did my undergrad in physiotherapy back in 1998 and uh, back when it was an undergrad degree. And then I uh, worked and traveled for uh, a number of years and came back to London in uh, 2008. And I completed my master's of science in physiotherapy uh, in 2010. And then in 2012, I embarked on my PhD in physiotherapy at Western University, and I completed that in 2016. Awesome. So researching you, I see you did a lot of work with concussions, which I'm sure is a common thing for people who play sports and are in university athletics. And uh, working as a physiotherapist and being a former university athlete, I'm sure you have a great understanding of the severity of concussions in sports. And it seems that you understood it so well that you created the device known as Topspin 360. And what exactly is Topspin 360? And what are some of the mechanics and methodology behind it? And how did you come up with it? Sure. So the, um, I guess, uh, the original idea and concept came from Sidney Crosby's concussion back in 2011 that kept him out of hockey for almost a year. And uh, watching, it was um, where all great kind of uh, ideas come from, which was at the, the bar after playing rec hockey. And, uh, you know, watching the, the uh, uh, injury on kind of replay, I thought, you know, if his neck was stronger, he wouldn't have had such a violent concussion because his head just whipped around on him. And so that got me thinking about neck strengthening and, and training. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I played football back at, at Western back in the 90s. And we had, uh, back then, we had the, the four-way neck machine, which is a bit of an archaic uh, device where you kind of put your face in, you push it forward, or you push it to the right or to the left or back. Um, you know, as the name implies, the four-way neck machine. And so that got me thinking, and, and uh, yes, that would improve your ability to take a heavy weight and push it forward or back or side to side, but it wouldn't necessarily improve the neck's ability to absorb a sudden load that would lead to concussion. So uh, with my physiotherapy training uh, and experience, you know, it's, uh, I guess, fairly easy to appreciate that muscles respond very specifically to the type of training you expose them to. And traditional neck strength involves taking a heavy weight and pushing against it, which will improve your neck's ability to take a heavy weight and push against it, but won't necessarily improve its ability to quickly absorb a sudden blow to the head that can lead to a concussion. So that got me kind of thinking, okay, well, how would you kind of strengthen the neck um, in a manner more related to live action sport? Uh, which kind of got me doing a, a few different kind of prototypes and, uh, and approaches and finally came up with what is now uh, the Topspin 360. So it's a, a modified football helmet with a, a centrally mounted axis on top and then an arm protruding from that. And, uh, and it's uh, hooked up with a couple of bearings. So it's completely self-generated. It's, it's kind of like a hula hoop for the, uh, for the head and the, you know, the athlete or the individual puts the helmet on and then kind of using coordinated movements of the neck, they get the weight spinning around their, around their head. And so the faster they get that weight spinning, the more centripetal force is generated, the faster the muscles, the neck muscles must respond and react to keep that weight going. 
Um, so yeah, and I guess if we're you know, being the science uh, side of things, we can talk about the a deeper edge on the, the science, which because it uses centripetal force, um, if you know those who are listening remember uh, their you know, grade 12 physics, which is uh, centripetal force is mass times velocity squared over R. So what that means is as the velocity increases in speed, the force actually goes up exponentially to the factor of two because velocity is squared. Now, the key metric that we're interested in when it comes to neck muscles and muscles in general, it's not necessarily how much force you can generate. You can appreciate, again, that a concussion is a very fast event. So you want to know how quickly can those muscles generate force. So this term is rate of force development and is quite simply force divided by time. So you can appreciate that as, again, as you've got that kind of the, the funny looking helmet on and you're getting that weight spinning around your head like a hula hoop, the faster you get that small weight spinning, the force goes up exponentially, but the faster it goes, it takes less time per revolution. So that force over time, the time value gets smaller as the force value gets bigger what happens is that causes another exponential component. So as you're spinning it at you know, 150 RPM, it's roughly three pounds of force. But if you double that to 300 RPM, so you double the initial speed, that rate of force development goes up over 30 pounds of force. So it's quite a dramatic relationship and it ends up being kind of quite what we've seen. Uh, it seems to be quite uh, closely related to someone's concussion risk. And it, it makes sense from uh, where the research is right now. That's fascinating how you combine so much physics and knowledge of physiotherapy and how just one night watching a hockey game, you got an inspiration for an idea that I'm sure has helped so many people. And that I think could be used to help so many more. What domains have you introduced Topspin 360 into and what are your future goals for the company? So we've started, uh, you know, initially what we would, my, uh, I guess, history being in, in football certainly started with football and that's what I did my, uh, my PhD training. So I, I basically had this idea watching Sidney Crosby's concussion and, uh, and then I thought, okay, this is great. I just finished my master's. So I just go to the research, you know, find the supporting literature and, and go to market at the time back in you know, 2011, 2012, there was very little research uh, out there that supported the necks, the, the role of the neck muscles in concussion mitigation or anything related to concussion. Uh, fortunately, over the past decade, a lot more like it almost, you know, almost monthly or weekly research is coming out to support this approach, uh, which is pretty exciting. But at the time, there wasn't enough to go to market. And, and for me, I didn't want to release a gimmick on the market. I wanted to make sure that, you know, like, that my, I didn't make an error of my assumptions somewhere along the way. And, and uh, so I wanted to test that and knowing how much work was involved with doing the masters and that this was going to be a larger uh, undertaking. I thought, well, I might as well, you know, get a PhD out of it. That way, if I made an error in my assumption, I can go into academia. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw also online that your device has been used by the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL and that you've also sold some to the Mayo Clinic. And I think they're doing research with hockey players. Yeah. So basically, uh, so, uh, sorry, I guess I answered your earlier question. So we started with, uh, with football being my, uh, kind of my own personal background. And that's why I did my, my PhD research on was a group of football players at Western university. Um, and then since then, yeah, we've still continued to focus on, uh, on 
football. We actually, we were fortunate. We won the, uh, it was the NFL first and future award for innovations to advance athlete health and safety. So this was back in, uh, in 2019, we ended up beating out um, just to get to, there was 1100 applicants. And so we were hoping to be top five flown down to Atlanta ahead of the Super Bowl. And then on the Saturday before the Super Bowl, you pitch on NFL network and, you know, uh, Roger Goodell was there and, uh, and Larry Fitzgerald. And uh, yeah, and uh, we ended up actually winning that. So we got uh, $50,000 and two ticks to the Super Bowl. So it was uh, quite a nice uh, nod from the NFL that we're on the right track. Um, so that's, you know, certainly one key sport that we're, we're um, getting, you know, further in, uh, involved with. Uh, but actually, you know, if you look at risk of concussion across the board, women's sports are generally about two times the risk in in sex comparable sports as as the male counterparts and the current understanding or the i think the strongest hypothesis as to why that is is because women tend to have about just over half the neck strength of men so in that case it seems like a pretty low-hanging fruit to strengthen the neck strength and see if we can decrease that uh, concussion risk in, uh, in women's sports. So we've, uh, got some, yeah, some really exciting results in women's volleyball and women's soccer. So, um, uh, basically the Citadel women's volleyball team, uh, is like the volleyball in the NCAA is the fourth leading cause of concussion by gender. And it's a very high risk sport. And mainly because like at that D one level, uh, these women are able to spike the ball at over 70 miles per hour. And, what happens is a lot of these concussions are from balls you know, being beamed off people's heads. And uh, in 2018, the Citadel women's volleyball team had eight head injuries or concussions on a team of, you know, about, I guess, uh, like 16 to 18 players. So almost 50% rate. And so they were desperate to find a solution to help decrease that uh, concussion risk. So they started, reached out to us and they, uh, they purchased a Tossman 360 and they started training back in 2018 to 2019. And in 2019, they dropped down to zero concussions. And in 2020, they have had, they had zero concussions. And so far this year in 2020, they've had 2021, they've had zero concussions. So they, the head coach has been coaching the NCAA for over 20 years in men's and women's volleyball, and he's never had a zero concussion season. And now he's got two and a half on his hands. So uh, pretty exciting results there. And, uh, and yeah, we've also had, um, I, I would uh, just to simplify things, similar results in, uh, in women's soccer. And that's awesome. It seems like you're making tremendous impact in uh, the sports fields. Like, I can't believe you brought down to zero concussions. That's such a huge win. Wow. Uh, so besides designing revolutionary technology, you've also done a lot of physiotherapy work. What are some of the most common injuries you treat as a physiotherapist? And how would you recommend preventing them? Yeah, so I mean, probably... The most common would be ankle sprain kind of across the vast majority of, of sports. Maybe hockey doesn't have uh, ankle sprains as much of an injury, but um, yeah. And, and a lot of that uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting because a, a lot of the kind of research on what I'm doing with, uh, with topspin, there's a lot of parallels and underlying kind of physiological mechanisms there that we address through the neck that would uh, help mitigate uh, ankle sprains and, and, uh, and knee injuries. So I'd say, uh, probably the most common in a sports setting would be ankle sprain. Uh, and then, you know, concussion would be the most common injury after that. And then third could potentially be, uh, ACL, uh, injury. That's a fairly common one to get, uh, probably the most common surgical, uh, one that we deal with. And with that, again, going back to concussion, it's interesting that if, 
after someone has suffered a concussion, they are three times more likely to suffer a lower extremity injury like an ankle sprain or a, a knee injury. And again, if you look at physiologically what happens with a concussion, a lot of times you will also sprain or strain the neck during that, uh, the injury. And unless you specifically rehabilitate the neck, it doesn't come back to hundred percent, just as, you know, if you don't rehabilitate your ankle afterwards, it's not going to be hundred percent. You're always going to have that kind of trick ankle. The problem with the concussion, not addressing the neck pain, uh, and the neck, I guess, sprain and strain issue is that the upper three vertebrae of the neck have the most proprioceptive fibers in the entire body. And that's not just a waste of resources. It's because it's the link between our other two systems of balance. So our visual system and our inner ear. So our, our head kind of knows where it is in relationship to space because of its it's the visually you can see the horizon and your vestibular, your inner ear can feel where gravity is. That is communicated to your body through your neck. So if that proprioception or joint position awareness is off just half a degree, you're going to place your foot in you know, one place expecting the ground to be there and it's off by you know a degree or two when you multiply it, that ends up you roll your ankle or you blow your ACL. So it's quite a significant area that needs to be working at hundred um, percent. You know, one thing I would say from an injury perspective, yeah, is, is, uh, you know, address the, the neck and the proprioception of the neck, um, as well as there are a number of um, injury prevention programs out there. The FIFA 11 plus is a great one. Um, and it's, uh, it's been shown to be quite effective at decreasing lower extremity risk, like uh, ankle sprain or uh, ACL. The only issue and why there's been lower uptake is because it generally takes about 20 minutes um, kind of per session. You've got to do it uh, like, you know, three times a week, ideally uh, leading up to the season to get the benefits. That is fascinating how interconnected our, our neck and our vision and our uh, vestibular senses are and how it can really affect injuries in the lower extremities. I would have never expected them to be so interconnected like that. And I think for my last question, I would like to know what are some of the most interesting aspects of your career and why would you encourage more students to consider physiotherapy and sports medicine as a profession? Uh, so I think one of the, the best aspects of physiotherapy is that it, it's very um, portable in that, you know, as there's as long as uh, I mean, if you if you can speak other languages, it opens up the opportunity to work in a multiple of, uh, of countries. So um, I was fortunate enough to, uh, like I, I've worked in Saudi Arabia, I've worked in, uh, in uh, uh, the UK, and it's, it really affords you quite a bit of latitude on your location of, uh, of work. And, um, you know, certainly if you are in, interested in sports, it, it gives you a way to maintain that kind of close, intimate contact with the game, um, by, you know, uh, being, a, like whether you're a team physiotherapist or even just dealing with, uh, kind of sports injuries and, uh, in sports medicine. That's very cool. Thank you. It's not often that science, um, gets to help you love sports. I feel like people often see those as two very separate domains. That's really cool how your career demonstrates how intertwined those can be. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Versti. Your career in entrepreneurial sports medicine is such a great example of how diverse the scientific field is. That's it for this week of Sci Section. Make sure to check out our podcast available on global platforms for our latest interviews.